You're listening to a Sunday morning message by Authentic Church. Welcome to our first multi-gen service today. Um, It might look a little different from usual. There might be a little bit of audience participation required. Not too much, so don't get too nervous. I'm a massive introvert and I hate all that stuff, so I wouldn't make you do anything that I was not prepared to do myself. But I would like to start with to give you all a pen. So maybe we could do that whole take one and pass one on kind of thing that they do in schools. Take a pen and also you'll need a slip of paper. Don't do anything with it yet. Again, take one one, and pass them on. It will all become apparent shortly. There we go. Okay, so here's the question. You've probably read it on the slip already. If you could choose three things that you think would make you happy, what would they be? Write them on the slip. You might want to make at least one of them something you're prepared to share because we're going to ask for feedback. Okay, so what three things do you think would make you happy? It can be anything you like. I'll just give you a minute or so to write those down. (laughs) Right, are we ready? Yep, fab. Who would like to kick me off? You don't have to share, but if anyone would like to share something that they've got, something that would make you happy. No more housework. That would make me happy as well. Anyone else? Visit my friends in America. Visit friends in America. Lovely. That's probably more likely to happen than this one, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, yes. The world is just a better place when there's sunshine, isn't isn't it? Apart from when it gets really hot, but, you know. A dog that doesn't bark. A non-bark. Your dog is lovely. It's a dog in ways. Non-barking dog. Fab, I love that one. I would like to build a catering sink soon. Ah, yes. What's that? Little sports car. He's very jealous because I got to ride in one once. In fact, I got to drive one. And that's a whole different story. Oh, yes. That a, a permanently empty laundry basket, yeah. Got room for one tiny little one on the end. Anyone else? No? That's fine. Okay. That is a good list, and I know that there'll be others out there that you haven't shared with me. But my question is, are any of these things essential to our survival? (laughs) Not really, are they? They're not things that we can't live without, if that's not too many knots and things in there. But we would love to have those things, and they would definitely help to enhance our lives. But they're not essential to our survival. Okay, next thing for you to think about. Imagine that you are going to this desert island for a week on your own. Okay? So you can put the slips and stuff away for now if you like. So you're going to this desert island on your own and you are allowed to take 
three of the following items with you. Okay. You can choose. So be thinking about this as we go. You have got a sleeping bag. It's quite a nice one. It's like a t two or three season one, you know. Imagine this is full of water. I didn't want to put water in it because that would be a waste. A, a water container with water. Have one of those. What else have I got in here? Oh, Bible. Take one of those. You can take a £10 note. You can have it in the plastic bag if you want. Uh, sun cream, factor 50. Um, a loaf of bread. Insect repellent. Might be useful. A map of the island. Doesn't look like it really needs a, a map, does it? It's quite small. Um, a phone. Some makeup. You never know. And uh, one of those knife, fork, spoon sets of cutlery. Okay? So that's, that's what you've got. Sleeping bag, map of the island, water, £10 note, Bible, makeup, cutlery, phone, sun cream, insect repellent, bread. Have a think. You might want to chat to someone next year. What do you think would be three things that you would take with you? Three things. Yeah, from those, from those things there. That's the only thing you're allowed to choose. Those three things. That's, that's all. Okay. I can hear some interesting conversations going on about coconuts and things. So, we're going to have a vote. Here are the items listed here. You are allowed to only vote for three items. I think I can probably trust you to do that. When I do this with six-year-olds, it all goes horribly wrong because they don't understand that they're only allowed to vote for three things. And they're like, yeah, how did that happen? But anyway, here we go. Here's the list. You're just going to go along, put your hand up if you vote for that item, and I will attempt to count the votes as we go. Okay, so who would like to take a large bottle of water? Oh, that's everyone. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, eight, fourteen. Fabulous. Okay. Mobile phone. Nobody. Sunscreen. Ooh, you're all going to burn. Um, a map of the island. Could be. A loaf of bread. One, two, three, four, five, six. A ten pound note. Makeup. Come on, no, no one's tempted with a makeup. A Bible. Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. A plastic cutlery set. Three, okay. A sleeping bag. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And insect repellent. Yeah, we've got some practical-minded people there, too. Okay. So, it's an interesting list, isn't it? 
again, my question is, which ones of these are essential for our survival on this desert island? Everyone has seen that water. We need water on that island because it doesn't look like there are any other sources of water. I'm quite surprised, although I shouldn't be because we're in church, how many of you want to take your Bible? Maybe some of you want to start a fire with it, I'm not sure. Or maybe you just want to pass the time, which is, which is equally good. The thing is, if we don't have any food on that island, we're going to get really hungry. So some of you wanted to take a loaf of bread, but you might want to consider that that would be more important than maybe your insect repellent, for example. I don't know, it's up to you. But the fact is that bread and water are essential for our survival. If we don't have water or any other food, we will be dead in about three days, which wouldn't be fun, would it? And if we don't have any water, sorry, if we don't have any food, but we do stay, manage to stay hydrated, we'd be dead in about 30 to 40 days. Now, I know some people over here mentioned climbing trees for coconuts, and that would be good if you could do that, but let's imagine we didn't have any coconuts. So we need, the point is that we need, as human beings, we need regular food and water for our survival. And if we don't get those things, well, stuff starts to go wrong, doesn't it? And when we need food and water, our bodies are really clever because they tell us. In the same way that those of us who drive a car, when you get a bit low on petrol, you know, the petrol light comes on and you go, oh gosh, I've only got 30 miles to get to the petrol station. Or if you own our car, about four miles till you get to the petrol station. It's that kind of, I need refueling. And our bodies do that. They tell us that we need refueling because we get hungry and we get thirsty. And... Yeah, that's, that's what our bodies do, because they're good like that. One day, Jesus had been teaching a large crowd of people, and they were very, very hungry at the end of this day. Let's have a look and see what happened. Oh, forgot some of my slides. Oh. Who is the Son of God and the Saviour of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love. He did many miracles and healed people of their sickness. Oh, hey, everyone. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. A crowd started to gather around Jesus. There were 5,000 men and many more women and children. Turning to Philip, he asked, Hey, Philip! Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? You see, Jesus was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Um. Philip replied, Even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew spoke up, There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Jesus said, tell everyone to sit down. Bye, everyone. Sit down. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and gave them to the people. There you go. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. Want some more? I'm all good, thanks. 
After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. You guy. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves and two fish. So on that day, Jesus fed over 5,000 people who were hungry. He satisfied their physical hunger and he filled their stomachs with good things. And we read in Mark chapter 6, verse 42, that they all ate and were satisfied. They'd had enough. And as a result of this miracle, lots of people wanted to come and follow Jesus because they realised that he was someone special. Now, it's great to have a full stomach to eat a lovely meal. We did that yesterday, didn't we, in the back garden? And the trouble is with that is that at some point, we'll always feel hungry again. I'm sure lots of you in here ate breakfast this morning because actually the meal last night was lovely, but now we're hungry again. Or if you haven't had breakfast, you will need to eat later on. We need to keep topping ourselves up. And Jesus knew that actually we all have a much deeper hunger inside ourselves, not just a physical hunger, but another hunger that we often try to satisfy in other ways. As human beings, we are in need of satisfaction. It's in our nature. We want to live contented, peaceful, happy lives. That's just kind of what we're aiming for, isn't it? So I want us to have a think about some of the things that we try to use to fill our spiritual hunger. I have put around the room nine bits of paper, yay big. You can Hopefully you can see them stuck around. I just need somebody or some people to help me go and retrieve them, please. If you could go, there should be nine altogether. They're just stuck up around. Give them to me, please. Thank you. Oh, I need the blue tack. That's fine. <laughs> and we're going to stick them up here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's fine. Is that all nine? It's really gone really sticky, it's because it's so hot today. Okay, so here are representations of some of the ways that we try to satisfy our spiritual hunger. So we've got up here academic success, gifts, who doesn't love a gift, um, success in our work life, holidays. Food, mm -mm. money, leisure time, 
gadgets, clothing. And there are other ways that we might try to satisfy our spiritual hunger, to make our lives seem good, to, to try and bring about contentment. Think about the lists you made at the beginning of the service. Those things you said would make you happy, whatever those things were. Some of those are in your control, some of them not so much like sunshine, unfortunately, if only we could control that. But none of these things, none of these things would bring us lasting satisfaction. Not forever. We might think that having all the latest gadgets would make us happy, but then what happens when the next latest gadget comes out and we're dissatisfied with the one we've already got? Or what about if we dress in designer clothes? You can only wear designer clothes for like six months of the year and then they're out of fashion all of a sudden. Take Christmas Day as an example. I'm not a big fan of Christmas Day. Nigel loves it. But it's a day when we receive gifts. We usually eat something really special, you know, a different meal from the rest of the year. Some of us, I know, plan Christmas for weeks, maybe even months in advance. It's really hyped up. And maybe have an absolutely lovely day. And yet by the evening on Christmas Day, it's all over. It's all over for another year. And maybe at the end of all of that, some of you are left feeling empty and a little bit bereft and like, oh, it's all over. All of that effort, but it's all over until the next time. So these, those things, these things, those things, things on our piece of paper do not bring any lasting satisfaction. We end up like Mick Jagger who can't get no satisfaction. So, after Jesus had fed the 5,000, because of that miracle, people wanted to know a bit more about him, as I've said, and they came to have a conversation with him. Let's see what they talked about. The crowds earnestly looked for Jesus and finally found him on the other side of the Sea of Capernaum. Just the day before, Jesus had miraculously fed all of them with only a couple loaves of bread and some fish. And while it had satisfied them at the time, they returned to him hungry. But this is why they sought Jesus so desperately, not for who he was, but because he had amazed them at what he had done. The miracle reminded them of the days of Moses, when the nation of Israel was nourished daily with bread from heaven. Perhaps Jesus, like Moses, could usher in a new age for their people. Jesus spoke to the crowd. You worked so hard to find me, but only so you could ask me for bread that satisfies a short while. Why aren't you looking for the bread that will satisfy you forever? Bread that satisfies forever? Many in the crowd began to wonder how they could get this miraculous bread from God. They asked Jesus, what works of God must we do in order to get this bread? Jesus replied, I am sent from God, and believe in me. But the crowd searched for a sign and questioned Jesus. Yes, you multiplied bread and fed thousands, but Moses brought down bread from heaven and fed millions. What great work will you do that will demonstrate that you are greater than Moses? Jesus said, You must hear me and understand this. Moses did not give you the manna. My father gave it to you. 
and now he has sent to you the bread of life that I speak of. The expressions on the faces that looked back at him were mixed, some skeptical, some hopeful, and others simply eager to hear as they said, please give us this bread always. The crowd waited intently for his answer. Then Jesus announced, I am that bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst again. He spoke of his body as bread and his blood as wine. The suggestion of sacrifice disturbed and confused numbers of people who would not receive his words. In fact, many who had been following Jesus walked away from him on that very day. Jesus turned to the apostles and asked, Will you leave me as well? Peter spoke up for the others. Lord, where else would we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. So Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And he wasn't talking about endless supplies of bread or a big container of water. He wasn't talking about the things we need to physically keep ourselves alive and living. But he was talking about that part of us, that deep, longing, spiritual part of us that longs to be happy and contented. That part that we try to fill with stuff. But actually, when we need satisfaction in our lives, there's only one thing that will truly satisfy us. And that is Jesus. We're going to have a break for a moment and Paul is going to come and lead us in prayer. So, after all this talk about feeling satisfied, I need a volunteer who is hungry for chocolate. Anyone? Shall I show you the chocolate? Would that help? No? nice chocolate it's galaxy it's galaxy chocolate who, who would like some chocolate this morning no one michael you look like you're really ravenous for that bar of chocolate Come on, don't be shy don't be shy billy randall come on then Take a seat, Randall. Thank you. This is going to be bad. No, of course not. What did I say? I said I would never make anyone do anything I wasn't prepared to do myself. Okay, Okay, so you can eat this bar of chocolate, okay? There's just one rule. Yeah. You have to keep your hands on your head. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Oh, actually, just just before you do that... um, That's fine. You can go ahead and eat the chocolate now. There you go. Hands on your head. Go ahead. Eat the chocolate. Yeah, that's fine. You haven't. Yeah. Just gonna have a little drink. Oh, he's... yeah. Oh, I'm just. I'm gonna put you out of your misery there. But give him a round of applause. There you are. That's that's sweet. Oh, good. Thank you. So, um, yeah, Randall found that quite quite tricky didn't he I did make it obviously deliberately 
quite tricky. So even though Randall was hungry for the chocolate, he couldn't eat it. It's no good, is it, when we're hungry just looking at food. That is not going to help to fill us up, is it? So what has all of this chocolate got to do with Jesus being the bread of life? Well, food gives our bodies energy, which is what we need. So we need food to give our bodies energy. It helps us to keep going with the work that we need to do. Jesus, the bread of life, gives our lives energy. And he helps our hearts and minds to keep going when we've got work to do. Food, that looks delicious, doesn't it? Food gives us our bodies all the vitamins and minerals that we need to be strong and healthy. Jesus gives our hearts and minds all that we need to be healthy. Things like kindness and love. Food gives our bodies life. We can't live long without food. We must eat in order to live. We will not survive long without it. We'll end up looking like poor little Oliver Twist. But Jesus gives us life. If we try to live without Jesus, then we're never going to be truly satisfied. The thing is, we've all been created to live in a relationship with God, in a relationship where the love is unconditional, where we can be secure, where we can know that deep sense of love, peace, joy. And deep down, whether we know it or not, we're all really hungry for the love of God. Sometimes we don't recognise it as, the, as, as that hunger, and we try to satisfy that hunger with the wrong things. Things like money, gadgets, success, stuff. But the only thing that will truly satisfy us in this life is Jesus. Because he is the bread of life. He's the only one who can satisfy our spiritual hunger. That deep longing inside each of us for contentment, for love, for peace, for hope. Of course, it is possible to live without Jesus. Lots of people do. But there'll always be something missing. And they, they, I don't believe those people will ever feel truly satisfied. I'm sure we can all think of people we know who are trying to fill their lives with things that aren't Jesus to try and keep them happy. Maybe this morning you are feeling dissatisfied about something in your life. Maybe dissatisfied with your friendships, relationships, with your success or with your lack of success. Maybe you're dissatisfied with school, with work, the way your life has turned out so far, your stuff, whatever it is. Maybe you are chasing after happiness and success. Maybe you're beginning to recognise within yourself a deep longing for something that you haven't been able to find in the stuff that you've been filling your life with. 
If that's you, then the thing you're seeking is Jesus. He's the only one who can satisfy. He's the only one who can bring true, long-lasting peace, hope and joy. He sets us free from all the things that burden us and hold us back. He can bring physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing to our bodies and our minds. Jesus is the only one who can do all of this. What are you hungry for this morning? Just have a ponder on that. What are you hungry for this morning? Not chocolate. brought with me today a bowl of bread to represent Jesus, Jesus the bread of life. And just to finish our service off today, I want to give us an opportunity, no matter where you are in your journey with Jesus, if you don't really know him, if you are kind of in a relationship with him but you've maybe walked away and he's not the one that gives you all your satisfaction, or whether you and Jesus are like that, and you know that all your satisfaction comes from him, I'd invite you this morning to come and take a piece of bread, take it back to your seat and use it to pray, just to say to Jesus, I want you to be my bread of life today. And it's not like magic bread. If you don't want to come and take a piece of bread, you can still pray in your seat. That's absolutely fine. But sometimes that sort of symbolic coming to get something and taking it back back with us is is quite useful I find so yeah just got a bowl of bread like I said it's not magic bread it's not special bread if you don't take any it doesn't mean that your prayers won't work but I just invite you now if you'd like to to come and take a piece of bread take it back to your seat and just say to Jesus I would like you to be my bread of life I would like you to be the one that satisfies my spiritual hunger. Not those other things. I recognise that those other things is not what I need. What I need, Jesus, is you. Jesus, where we have tried to fill our lives with things, to try and find our peace and joy and contentment in stuff, or success, or money, or whatever it is, I just pray, Lord, that you would show us that you are the one to fill our lives in the way that we long for. But all of those things don't really matter. They're not wrong, but they're not as important as you.